All right, welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, alongside, as always, Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. This is November 8th, 2017, recording this on a Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. And before we get into a lot of discussion, rumors, disagreements, I want to just throw throw this out now for the listeners. I want to tell you how committed I am to Oregon State and the coaching search and everything right now. This is my anniversary, and I have been off work for over 40 minutes. I could go home. I want to do this podcast because I think it's more important than going home to eat tacos. So I I just want to point it out to listeners. I'm all in on the coaching hire. I really have a lot of interest. (laughs) It's it's so funny you say this, Brandon, because my anniversary was Saturday. Oh, really? um, Yeah, and that was actually my idea. It was to eat tacos. We didn't. But that was like the plan. Well, that was my plan to get takeout Thai or takeout tacos. When is tacos not a good idea? I, it, it's always a good idea. Yes. That's what we're doing tonight, actually. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, it's not Taco <laughs> Tuesday, but it's sure as hell is going to be Taco Wednesday in our houses. Okay. Um, let's just jump into it. We'll, we'll recap California a little bit. Maybe talk a little Arizona. I have a couple thoughts on Khalil Tate because, God, I love watching him play football. But this is going to be another predominantly coaching search-heavy podcast. We have a lot of damn questions that we're going to get to from both Blitz and on Twitter. Um, but we'll kind of just start with the the big one, the big one that Beaver Blitz has had now for a week. Kevin Hampton, the reporter for the Gazette Times, had the biggest tweet of his life. Les Miles reportedly interested in Oregon State. I've heard this now from several, several people. And this isn't like... You know, I mean, I remember before Gary Anderson was hired that there were rumors fly, flying around that John Gruden was interested in Oregon State, and that never had the legs that this one does. I mean, I've talked to so many people, whether they're in the department, whether they are boosters, whether they're just, you know, college football writers here uh, with, with 24-7 or scout. Um, it it's, has legs, and, uh, you know, Les is one of these guys. He was fired what, kind of midseason after four games last season. Yeah. Had kind of tried to get some jobs at the end of the 2016 year. It didn't work out. Um, from what I hear, he loves the outdoors. He, the chance to be in the Pac-12 is intriguing to him. Hmm. My, like I've said with all these guys, though, Brandon, is the thing with him is that I'd want to see what kind of staff he'd put together for a, um, you know, for West Coast recruiting. But other than that. Yeah. In my opinion, that's like that's like a Dennis Erickson esque type hire. You do it back in the day when they got the Fiesta Bowl stuff going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here's the thing on Les Miles. I, I don't doubt that there's not interest. Um, and and I, I, Angie, you know I trust you. I mean, that's the beauty of doing the podcast. I know how connected you are. My only concern, well, it's not my only concern, but I have a couple concerns with it. The West Coast stuff. I mean, there's no tie there. there there's zero tie to the West Coast. You're right on the staff. Does he hire the right staff? I kind of would trust him uh, to do that. And I say kind of. I should just say I would fully trust. If they ended up somehow snagging him, I would fully trust that he's going to hire the staff to make up for those deficits, you know, to, to, to bring in the guys that understand and recognize what it takes to recruit on the left coast and to compete in the Pac-12. This was a really good point brought up by my coworker, Jason Sukanik. And I think a lot of people, including myself, forget about this. When you think Les Miles, you think really stout defensive dominant team, right? And the offense is being inconsistent. He was an OC. 
Yeah. He's an yeah. offensive-minded guy. We just, he we played forget. offensive line. Yeah, yeah, we forget it because his offense has sucked at LSU. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where the 1 to 100 scale, where he's realistically at on wanting to go to Oregon State. But if you go get him, um, I said this on my show, I, I just, I would prefer to go younger, up and comer. But if you get less miles, you run away with less miles. You're happy because you got less freaking miles who has 114 wins to 34 losses and a national championship. Oh, exactly. I mean, he gets into living rooms. He's, he, you know, and he's just kind of quirky enough to, to just be bold and, and come out to West. I mean, I just, I can see it. Um, can you imagine the sound bites too with him and Leach, Pac-12 Media Days? Oh my gosh! It, it would be gold. Yes, complete gold. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, I, I have heard that Bo Baldwin potentially is kind of like the target, kind of the focus. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. There's there's been a lot of names, and I kind of go back and forth on kind of. I mean, I think he go with Les Miles. He's 64, um, so not completely out of it yet as far as being over the hill or whatever in coaching circles. But that's, you know, a lot of people feel that some of the big programs are going to think he's too old. They're mm-hmm. going to want a younger, a younger guy. If he feels that he has, a, you know, the AD and the president behind him, let him come in for three or four years, see what he can, you know, build it, flip it, and then get it in a better position for a younger, you know, another coach. The thing that would uh, leave me pausing is, you know, you mentioned the programs. He put some feelers out after, for some reason, he was brought back because LSU wanted to fire him, and then they changed their minds, and then they brought him back, and then they fired him again. Um, how do we know, like, Tennessee of the world doesn't want to go less miles? If I'm Texas A&M and I'm disappointed in Kevin Sumlin, I fire Kevin Sumlin, why is less miles not at the top of your list? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. I mean, Arkansas could be looking for a new coach. Nebraska could be looking for a new he, coach. He recruited in, I mean, he was great in all those regions. He won at LSU. Well, his son goes to Nebraska, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he was a homer. He caught a Nebraska game earlier this year. He was such a homer on the call. Um, I, I just think some of these other programs make so much more sense for him. He understands the SEC and what it takes to really compete on that level. Uh, I'm not again. I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I just and I'm going to give you, by the way, my coaching odds. We made the list of coaches that are candidates, and I I, I wanted to tell you just if I were setting lines in Vegas or giving you odds where I think each candidate is at. And I I did my research. Um, I I did some reading on some of these guys, and I also talked to a couple of people. So I'm going to give you those odds in this podcast. I can't wait. Uh, but the less miles, and I think you're going to disagree on something. That's that's great too. Uh, the less miles, I don't know. They, just the less miles storyline is so interesting because it would feel so much like Gary Anderson again in the sense of nobody would have seen it coming with such yeah. a big name. Yeah. And you know, I, like I said, I go back and forth. I mean, there's there's names that keep kind of popping up. I, I don't put them all on the on the hot board yet until I can kind of vet it a little bit. Um, you know, a name that's been really quiet lately is um, Navy's coach, Ken Niumatololo. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was initially kind of right off the bat. A lot of the national pundits kept mentioning him. Um, McElwain was initially kind of, you know, thrown out there, but now that's kind of quieted down. Um, you know, today on Beaver Blitz, I just, I just wanted to see what people's thoughts are because it hasn't been out there at all, but it makes me wonder a little bit is Tosh Lupoy, who is linebacker coach and a, a co-DC at uh, Alabama. West Coast guy, played at Cal, um, great recruiter. You know, I just wanted to hear what Beaver fans uh, had to say about that. 
so far not too positive. Um, I couldn't scream louder uh, if you forced me on no <laughs> on Taj, no. Taj Lapoy. No, I'm I'm good on that. Good recruiter, and that is about all I know about him. I have no idea what his philosophies are. I don't think he has anywhere near the experience to actually be a head coach yet. No, 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 thank you. Uh, this hire has to not only be the right guy that turns the program around and puts it in the right direction, I firmly believe this hire also has to hit and strike a core within the fan base that leaves you uh, amped up and, and, and motivated to buy tickets and excited to see what it is. Taj Lapoy is not that higher. It's anyway. totally not that higher. No. I, I agree, but I just, like I said, I've heard a couple rumors out there. Oh. So, you know. oh my gosh, if that happened. <laughs> Look, it reminds me, though, your response reminds me of a couple uh, damn questions we have on Twitter um, asking about different names. And I, I saw a hell to the no on one, <laughs> on one person. And so we'll talk about that a little later as okay, well. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. Um, let's just do the odds. I'll just get into the odds here. Okay. Okay, so. Oh, I'll, I can't wait. <laughs> So for those out there that don't understand college football odds, uh, I will explain this to you. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's, it's, it's very easy. If you're not a degenerate like me, you don't gamble, that's fine. This is easy to understand. Um, do you want me to start with favorites, or do you want me to give you like my less miles odds? Um, start with the favorites. Let's okay. go. I, I talked to a couple individuals this week. And they're not sitting here pretending like they know 100%, right? Some of this is a guessing game. It's a firm that's going out on their own. And they're providing names. And then Barnes, Barnes assesses what he wants to do with said names, right? Set up yeah. the interview process, everything. My number one favorite to land the head coaching gig of Oregon State right now okay. is Jonathan Smith. And he's at a minus 150. For people to understand that, you'd have to bet $150 to win $100. That is an overwhelming favorite. Um, he's I think he's not only the favorite, he strikes your criteria. He's young. He's OC-oriented. He's got West Coast ties. Peterson understudy. I think that's a big undersell there that's not been talked about enough. And he's an alum. So he understands the university. I, I go big hell no to that one. Okay, that's fine. But- um, but we always agree, so it's good that we disagree a little bit. Well, and the only thing I would say about that is I see why you and, and a lot of other people would feel that way. I, I've, I, I felt this way at first, but I have since changed my thinking here. I get the whole personality thing and the not sexy thing. I don't think that matters to Scott Barnes. What I think matters is what is your direction, what is your staff, what is your game plan, et cetera. Again, I'll point to Chris Peterson's maybe the least sexy big-name coach in college football personality-wise. I think the understudy part of that, uh, having a system in place, the West Coast ties, like I mentioned, and being an alum, I think he hits a lot of the criteria that they're looking for. He is my number one favorite right now, if I were to point one in the clubhouse, okay. Jonathan Smith. Okay. Number two, and this is one that you've already talked about, and you may even put him at your number one. I think it's Bo Baldwin, and I put him at a minus 110. you got to bet $110 to win $100. I think he is the uh, the second favorite here. Again, he, he meets your criteria. He's a young, up-and-coming coach, young OC, proven successful head coach, albeit at a lower level, Pacific Northwest ties. I think he hits a lot of what you're looking for. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree there. Would you put him as your favorite, yes or no? 
Not my own personal, but I do think he is the favorite right now. Okay. All right. There we go. Um, yeah, this, by the way, is not my personal favorite. Yes. This yes. is my... This is, this is, yes. I think I think Bo Baldwin is the the target right now. Okay. Bo if Baldwin. I had to, if I had to bet. All right. Uh, I'll go Les Miles because I wrote his name down next. I put Les Miles, as much as I might be uh, a little on the fence about it, I put Les Miles at 25 to 1 odds, which seem high. That's actually a decent play. If you think Les Miles is a viable, realistic candidate that wants to come to Corvallis, 25 to 1 odds is not bad. Okay, so put that in the in the perspective as your like your minus one fifty minus one ten. So I mean, you just you got twenty five to one. So versus one down, twenty five your outcome. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. And, and one fifty, you're betting more than your 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 win would be. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah, so, I'm not a degenerate. I don't know. No, that's that. fine. That's that's fine. Um, the next name, Mike Yersich. Yes. That's a name that you've thrown out a lot. I put him at twenty to one. I think he's got better odds or you could say less payout odds, to be the the uh, head coach candidate. Okay. Right? Jason Candle is a name that I've thrown out. I know there's been no rumors, no murmurs, no nothing, but I'm throwing his name out. Toledo head coach, he's had some success. He kind of fits the age criteria, and I think he's one of those guys that may have a connection to Barnes, given where Barnes came from in his previous job. I don't give him great odds, though. 45 to 1. Okay. So I put him down there. Jim McElwain is the next name. Jim McElwain, you mentioned the um, how it kind of just died. We haven't heard much. I still put him at 20 to 1. I think he's got better odds than Les Miles. He's got an established offense. He couldn't get a quarterback healthy, nor on the straight and narrow at Florida. That's why his offense didn't look good with the Gators. And I think the Pac-12 might be a little more up his alley than SEC football. Okay. So I think Jim McElwain is still there. Ken Niamatololo is a big name that we've heard. And I think he is at 15 to 1 odds. I think he is one of the favorites to land this job. And I think what you mentioned is exactly why I like him. We haven't heard much. I don't necessarily buy into us hearing things means I don't who either. the favorite is. Yep. So I think Niamatololo is a really good shot in the dark to land this gig. Corey Hall, put him on this name because a lot of fans that listen to the podcast like him. They put him in this. He is one of my worst. He is at 50-1. to I don't think he's getting this job. Uh, We'll get to the Arizona game. I don't like their chances this weekend, and I'm I'm wondering where people are going to be if they end up getting blown out in that matchup. Lane Kiffin is another name that's been thrown out there. I don't think it's happening. I think Lane's going to stay at FAU and wait for a bigger gig. I put him at 75 to 1 odds. He is actually my worst uh, candidate that's been thrown out. Jeff Tedford is a name that you have thrown out, that I have thrown out. I put him at 50 to 1. Okay. I don't know if I like Tedford leaving Fresno State as a realistic possibility. Uh, Alex Grinch, a young, up and coming, defensive minded guy from Wazoo. 20 to 1. I think there's a decent uh-huh. chance he sneaks back into this thing. And then you get T uh T Martin, OC from USC. I put him at 40 to 1. I talked to somebody at USC. They're not really sure Corvallis Oregon's kind of up his alley. Um he gets kind of what he needs being the OC at USC, whereas if he goes to Oregon State as his first real head coaching gig and he fails, he's probably back he's to being done. a coordinator. Yeah. 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 So there's my odds for those lists. What do you think? I like it. I mean, I, I 
like since I'm not a degenerate gambler, I have no idea. But I do. Um, I think Bo Baldwin is probably the leader. I, I do think Les Miles has more of a shot than than people think. Um, I personally, I like Yursich. I think he's good. Tedford's an interesting one, just because I've heard his name several times, and he played uh, him and Scott Barnes overlapped, I believe, at at Fresno State when they were both student athletes there. Yeah. So that's one that's just you know at those connections. But no, I think it's there's so and I, I do completely agree with you in that the search has been so quiet. I've talked to several people that said Barnes is keeping this so quiet. I, I do think it could be a hire that you know kind of comes out of left field. Which one? I, I, the kind of, it's just been quiet. Yeah. It kind of comes out of left field. Well, but I would I would say too like I, I would also just kind of say. The quiet thing to me doesn't – that shouldn't worry anybody. That shouldn't lead people to jump to too many conclusions because, again, how quiet – think about this, too. How quiet was Gary Anderson? Oh, yeah, that was – I mean, and that not only did he not visit before he made his decision, he had to have had a phone call or three, right? So he had multiple phone calls with then-AD um, uh, Bob DeCarolis – and that never leaked. And yeah. I think Scott Barnes is going to be the same way here. There might be a reporter out there that's going to continue to dig. Maybe it's you, Angie. Maybe it's Blitz. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe they find a leak. I don't think it is. I think they're going to keep this one close to the vest. And until something comes out, like if it's a Les Miles name, I think it's just going to randomly happen. You know, unless you go agent tells national said reporter, Stuart Mandel reporting Les Miles going to Oregon State. That only happens if the agent wants it out. Exactly. And so I, I don't I don't think I don't put stock into like Kenny Amatololo, him being quiet for a week and a half. I don't put that into stock that he's not still on their radar or not a viable candidate. I don't either. And and what we do know, I don't know if you've seen this, but the job was actually posted on OSU's website, the head coaching job. And it said that it closes, or you know, for for full consideration, um, everything must be turned in. Your application must be turned in by the twentieth, which is Monday before Thanksgiving, Civil War. Um, I, I've reached out. I've spoke to someone at OSU. That means that they can't, they could not legally announce the hire. The earliest would be the twenty-first. Oh, that's the earliest. That's the earliest. Wow. Yeah. I see. I had misread that. I had thought. Um... I had thought that that was like the latest they wanted to announce it. No, the the that is, and and then they left themselves open. Like if they didn't get their candidate, they could extend it. Um, but no, I, I double checked with someone at Oregon State, and that was um, the basically for full consideration. They have until the twentieth of November. When's the early signing period again in December? December twentieth. Oh, so it's the day after. No, wow. no, no. The, the for full November twentieth. Is full consideration. So the earliest oh, we can oh, oh, have an announcement you. is November twenty first. Oh, okay, I was Early thinking December. December. I'm sorry. December. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's my mistake. I'm a moron, as we've well established on this podcast. <laughs> um, was there anything you disagreed with? Was there a candidate that I didn't give good enough odds to? Um. Because again, less miles. I mean, that's basically saying you're going to make twenty. 26 times your money back if you were to bet less miles, which is still a decent payout, but. Also doesn't say that he's the favorite. I, I would. I, I my biggest thing is I would put Bo Baldwin as the favorite. Okay. Um, I think Les Miles is in it. Um, we didn't talk. I mean, 
there's, I mean, there's been a little, I've heard some rumors, maybe Justin Wilcox is interested. I mean, there's a several names that are kind of. I'm glad that you brought him up. Uh, I was, I was told, cause you and I text about that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was told, uh, no, no. Okay. I was okay. told no, uh, likes what's going on right now. He's already in a fertile recruiting ground state. Um, they're a game away from being bowl eligible. I, I was told no, and it, it didn't go further, but my assumption would be if it's a no of transferring from Cal to Oregon State, then Cal is a leapfrog job where he eventually builds it up. Maybe he decides to stay, or maybe it catapults him into an even bigger gig. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like I said, this was not a huge, that's, he's still not on our on our coaching. I just had a, a source that said he he might be interested might be one to come home and get out of the Bay Area. It's expensive. and He hasn't been home in a long time, though. Yeah, exactly. Like a long time. A long time. Um, you mentioned another one that I didn't put out odds for, Frank Wilson. I think that's a major long shot. I do, too. Uh, that's why I didn't. I, I, it, I took him off my betting board. You can't even bet on him. No. We're no. not going to put 1,000 to 1 odds. <laughs> why not? Wait, okay, let's take Corey Hall out just for argument's sake. Let's take Lane Kiffin out. I don't think Lane Kiffin's realistic. Which one of the names, or let's take Jason Candle out as well, because you you never have gone on board with that, and I don't think anybody has. Let's take those names out. We don't have uh, Sanford on the list, Mike Sanford Jr. Oh, Mike Sanford Jr. I totally spaced him. Which I know several people on Blitz aren't real thrilled with him, but the thought of him. But I, I was talking about pedigree, you have to like him. I mean, he's coached with Peterson and David Shaw. Yeah. His dad, he grew up in coaching. His dad, um, you know, coached at USC and UNLV, several schools. You know, the tough thing, Angie, and, and I, I fall into this trap as well. The tough thing is some of these names we say, like I, I mentioned Jonathan Smith, and I, I said I thought he, I think he's the favorite. Like everything he hits, one of the things I mentioned was Peterson understudy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that leaves me kind of hopeful, like, oh, maybe he does take the good qualities from Chris Peterson. This is the funny thing about college football, and we've seen this time and time again at every level. Just because you coached under a certain individual does not mean you're going to have the impact, right? Exactly. And so you mentioned Sanford Jr. with who he's coached under, and you're like, whoa, whoa. And then he gets into the thing, and oh, that's right. He's not them. He is. What about what what are your thoughts on Mike Norvell at Memphis? Bigger so job. I read about Mike Norvell, and the buyout is basically nothing. It'd be really easy for anybody to poach him. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to get a bigger gig. And I just heard too many people that you know were around him when he was at ASU and just talked about his offense was pretty much a one-trick pony. Well, I would wonder if a program, and I mentioned them before, if an A&M looks at him. Yeah, yeah, could very well. And he's a Texas guy. Yeah. I think that makes a lot more sense um, than, than Oregon State. And, and now we're leaving off to it. What's interesting, too, is, um, you know, guys that could be, you know, I've had somebody, a, a fellow publisher, reach out to me and say, hey, you think Oregon State would be interested in Brent Bielema? I'm like, oh, no. No, I'm no. good. I'm good on Bielema. Or, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm good on, no, Kingsbury doesn't care a lick about defense. Um, is there another <laughs> name you think we're leaving off, though? No, not, uh, you know, but then, I mean, I have heard, I, I know um, Nigel Burton mentioned him the other day, and I've, I'd heard the name thrown out there. I've just heard two people say not a good fit for Corvallis. is Ken Norton Jr. from the Raiders. I, I don't understand that move. Yeah, I don't either. But some, yeah, some of the names, and again, there's names that I haven't mentioned. And look, there's so may- many names. I mean, seriously, yeah. like, our, like we've talked about the board 
before and it's there's name after name. That's why we don't put everybody on it. I, I just some of the moves don't make sense to me. Like Ken Norton Jr. wants to be a head coach, but he wants to go to college and then he wants to go to Corvallis, Oregon. Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't think that doesn't make sense to me, but hell, maybe I end up being wrong on that one. So um, I have a question. So what you yeah. saw from Baldwin this uh-huh. past week, and this is actually a damn question, I think, too. Okay. Um, Chris Conrad on Twitter actually asked this. But um, what you saw from Cal, the Cal offense on Saturday, was that enough to like sway you, like get excited about Bo Baldwin? Uh, I, I didn't need to be swayed. I was already swayed. Okay. Uh, I, he's one of my favorites. And I, I, like this is just not an exact science. We're always going to disagree on candidates. My thinking is, even if they go a guy I don't like, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt until he proves me wrong, and I think vice versa. Bo Baldwin, to me, has is, is kind of proven his worth. I mean, for all the talk about him being a head coach at the FCS level and how different that is, sure, how did he fare when he faced the FBS teams? Because to me, his teams looked ready, organized, and prepared. And you can make an argument, well, Sprague, that's their big game. That's their... Uh, quote-unquote national championship of the year, right? To go to the teams that the kids weren't wanted. Washington, Eugene and Oregon, and Corvallis. You can make that argument, and I'll, I'll, I understand that all day, but it's one thing to know that. It's another to go out and execute and play the way they did. Uh, the system, to me, it works at this level. Uh, his offense this year has been inconsistent in large part because of O-line play and quarterback play. I didn't need a game against Oregon State to sway me at all. I already liked his system. Uh, I think he hits the sweet spot of age slash experience. I just I like it. I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I and I you know I'm kind of in the I, I guess from where I sit, you just don't want him to be another Paul Wolf. Absolutely, but, and I get that. And, and you know that's but that's going to be a concern. I mean, you can second guess every candidate out there. Every single one you could second guess. Which name would you not second guess? Is there a name you wouldn't? You know, right now, I would I would actually say Les Miles. I would say... Right, could, but what's Les Miles' offense? He couldn't figure that out the yeah, last three years. Right. He hired I new uh, coordinators every year. Every year. I, you know? <laughs> so here's one on Blitz. Just, just, <laughs> it made me laugh out loud, but then I, I sat back. I was like, huh. Les Miles and bringing in Mike Riley as his O-coordinator. Oh, Mike is not doing that. <laughs> Mike is going to hang him up. It's, he's not doing that. I, I wouldn't see it, but I, I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Would but you be I okay read... with it? Would that freak you out, or would you be excited? I, it would freak me out a little bit. I, I just I want young. I want and I, I read a, a cool thing. Um, the twenty four seven Cal uh, guy Ryan Gorsey wrote on Bo Baldwin when he was hired, and it was a very interesting look in how he he doesn't like subscribe to really any one offensive philosophy. Mm-hmm. He's constantly studying and Always evolving. evolving. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's what Oregon State needs. Yeah, and that, that's yeah that's why he is one of the guys that I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it it just makes sense. I, I think that guy he specifically took that job because he could have stayed at Eastern Washington, reigned supreme, and continued to win. He could have, but he he understood that. All right, you need a title. This is no different. We see this in college coaching all the time. They need the title to take that next step. It's hard for guys to go from FCS head coach to straight FBS head coach. He took the road of, all right, let me prove my worth then. I'll show you what my yeah. system is. Again, statistically, your his offense would not blow you out of the water at Cal. But again, I think if you're given context, it's a much better system than what the numbers and the product has bared out. And 
I think that part that you mentioned, the evolving, the never satisfied or being content with where they're at, I think that part motivates me. Yeah, and then and he's young, and you can you can give him a you know lower contract, a lower amount, you know less money, but instead of instead of laden contract. Well, and and this isn't breaking news at all. We may have even mentioned this on the pod a couple different times. It's not only the head coach though. This hire is about who you get on staff. Exactly, and that's probably to me the biggest piece of this whole thing. Right, and that's where if you took if you took a name like Jim McElwain or Les Miles. That's where those names may benefit you more because they have that experience. They've been in this business a lot longer. Uh, they have the connections. Bo Baldwin may have the right guys. Jonathan Smith may know who he'd want to be as DC and OC, but we know Les Miles has a cell phone where he's connected to way more options. Exactly. So that's that's the other part of this whole equation to think about. Um, are you surprised of how little we've heard, or are you is that? Were you expecting that? I expected that. Um, and this, especially now that these searches aren't um, necessarily completely run by the AD, these, you know, this is stuff going on behind closed doors. This is agents being spoken to by a search firm. This isn't, um, you know, it makes it harder for things to leak out because it's not people in the athletic department doing the searching. This is, like I said, the search firm, that's why you pay them the $200,000, is they are out calling, reaching out to agents. And so it's not even, you know, it's not even Bo Baldwin being spoken to by it's Bo's agent speaking to search firm. Yeah. Um, we'll get to some damn questions because a lot of you have coaching questions there. Uh, but moving on a little bit, what did you make of the Cal game? Um, I expect I expected a win. I called a win on that. So um, aside from that first drive, I thought I loved Oregon State's creativity on that first offensive drive, but um, just a disappointment overall. Just it could not kind of. It was like the same old, same old. I felt like we had jumped back on the you know an offense that was sputtered. Um, I mean, Nick Perevsky has seemed to go downhill in in punting. Isn't that weird how that's it, happened? Sorrow, yeah. um, but. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, you know what? I wasn't necessarily on the coach hall hall in train, um, but I didn't see the energy this week either that we had seen, you know, the first couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, you saw it with him pregame. He had his kind of routine of, yeah, let's go, let's go. And I thought you saw it a little bit in the first quarter. I mean, it wasn't like they got blown out. They were in that game till midway of the third quarter, and then Cal pulled away, and they just couldn't get it going offensively. That was going to be my follow-up, was what did people make of Corey Hall? And after the Stanford loss, the game that I still maintain they should have won, it was Hall in, Hall in, here we go. You don't need to interview anybody. Just give it to him. He's young, up and coming. He's cheap. You have the recruits, et cetera. I'm curious how people viewed the Cal game. Yeah, I, that's – I don't know if it's sour. I mean, I don't know if people would be completely – disaster if, if Corey Hall was still hired. Um, I know that the players love him. I just, I don't know if we're seeing enough. And, I, and like it goes back to what we were just talking about. It goes back to who Corey Hall would hire as his staff. Because you know he's not keeping all the staff that's there now. No, no. I, 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 yeah, I think some of the staff is actually getting ready to check out. And so I worry about what they're going to look like the last couple games. Yeah, yeah. But, <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't think he did anything to help himself or he did not do anything to help himself, but while he's still a long shot, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely saying it won't happen with well, him. Well, th- this just is, 
this is just my point uh, of the Corey Hall stuff. Again, just to clarify, I, I'm I'm okay Hall in on him staying on the staff. Like that yeah. makes sense yeah. to me, right? But I, I want to point out to those that without a doubt want him to be head coach. I see I see the 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 thing that's pointed to a lot is well the players love him. Can we name a program that the players loved the coach, got him hired, and it worked out? No, exactly. I mean, we saw that with Orgeron at SC. So let it Orgeron, Orgeron at LSU. At LSU. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, and you can't let the players, the here and now players, dictate what's going to be best for the oh, program. I, I couldn't care you know, five, less. I couldn't care less if the players liked him or hated him. Like, go get the best candidate. Go get me a football coach. And I know Corey Hall, again, he's a football coach, but – I don't care. It doesn't sway my opinion by saying the players love them. Yeah, exactly. That that's not how this business that's not how it works. works. No, it no. doesn't work at all that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash the team. It it's kind of what I expected. I said on the pod, it, I thought it's they, comfortable. I mean, it's a comfortable thing for the players, right? It's they know him. They know what his expectations are. So that's comfortable. Well, Travoris Johnson doesn't. He got <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That was. That did not sound good. That was a short, short press release. Yeah, that sounds like uh, bye bye. We'll never see you again. Yes, you're done. Um, which is unfortunate because I liked watching him play football. Hopefully, it's nothing too crazy. Yeah, know? yeah. Like I said, that was a kind of came out of left field. Um, but on the pod last week, you know, you went with the win, and and I I understood why, but I had kind of had a feel that maybe that one was going to get out of hand a little bit, and you know, this is a situation where truly I, I hate being right, but. I don't know. There was something about Oregon State where they played Colorado, who was in a weird funk. Like, look at Colorado lately. They've competed. They beat Cal. They're different. And they were going through a weird funk at that point. And you had your post, Gary Anderson left us, slash, let's go show the world we can still play. And then Stanford didn't have Bryce Love. And you should have won. But offensively, go look at their numbers in that game. Oregon State was anemic. They just they had too many breakdowns defensively. I liked that. I did. I just, I didn't know if that was self-sustaining enough. Offensively, as much as I've liked some of the drives by McGiven, their numbers don't really bear out much. Um, they've improved a little bit from where they were with Anderson, but again, the Stanford game was, they were horrible in this Stanford game, and at times against Cal, they were horrible. So without bashing Corey Hall because he's the interim guy and he's put in a tough situation, uh, I would just say that that's, kind of what I'm expecting going forward was that Oregon State team. Um, yeah, Brandon, absolutely. I mean, I, they were. They were riding that high, that emotional part of the um, let's you know, shock the world here. But I do think going forward, I mean, Arizona, we can, we can jump in and talk to, about Arizona here in a minute, but those Arizona and Arizona State look tough. The only team that really looks like Oregon State might have a shot is Civil War. I mean, the defense, the Ducks defense might be worse than Oregon State's. See, I don't disagree that the, the Civil War, it just kind of lends itself to being weird and unpredictable. Uh, again, I don't give them much a chance against Arizona, but that's more because of Khalil Tate. I think you can move the ball. You should be able to move the ball in that Arizona defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their defense is ranked, ranked what, 11? Yeah, I mean, Oregon's conference? defense is better than Arizona's. Okay, okay. Um, but Khalil Tate is... But Khalil Tate is a 1,000 yards in a game type player. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Arizona scares me after watching them. You're right. I mean, but Oregon State's offense is, is not good. So even against a bad defense, they should put up some points. But, I mean, do you think they hit 30 points? 
I think Oregon State can hit 30 points. I think Arizona can hit 50. No, exactly. <laughs> I think Arizona the, can fit. That's the problem. That's the problem. Hey, how, uh, real quick, before we get to damn questions, um, that kid is has been so much fun to watch. No doubt, yeah. I mean, out of nowhere, too. Yeah, I... It's almost a Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans situation. What did Rich Rod see where he thought Brandon Dawkins was better? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, all due respect, because Rich Rod's a great coach. Sometimes I think these coaches overthink decisions. They do. Overthink. They do. Yeah. And and he goes, he sees like uh, he sees Cleo Tate shredding his defense and throwing the ball pretty well. But Brandon Dawkins has been there before. He's been a starter. He knows my system and. Uh, gall, gall, dumb it. I, I don't want my freshman to go out there and cost me games. But then you throw him out there, and it's not even close how much better their offense is with him. It, it's, I mean, I, th- I think you're exactly right, though. I think it's, it's these head coaches. They overthink. They, they think they see things that they don't. Um, I mean, you could argue did Gary Anderson overthink the whole quarterback? You know, and would Oregon State be better team with Marcus McMarion right now? I mean, yes, I would say right. Yeah. At the, and I'm willing to admit I'm wrong on that. I. I was not in on the McMarion type stuff, and again, I don't know if they're much better, but I think McMarion's a better option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the arm strength isn't there, but possibly decision making. At least to have him as your backup, not run him off. Well, I mean, even think with Garrettson. Uh, think about the way the offense has changed post Anderson. If McMarion's their quarterback, how much better is their passing game? He's he's it, slinging exactly. it. At, he's slinging it at Fresno State right now. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Khalil Tate, by the way, first time uh, Pac-12 player has won four straight Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week awards. Wow. Yeah, he had tied Rodney Pete uh, back at SC the week prior with three straight, broke the record, won four straight. That's impressive. I I mean, if I set the over-under, and I'm not kidding with this number, if I set the over-under of total yards Khalil Tate himself is responsible for at 550, would you bet the over-under? Against Oregon State? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go the – I would bet the over. You would bet the over. But, yeah, barely. God, isn't that insane? Scary. It's insane to think about a kid could rush for 300 yards and throw for 280 yards. He could. But it's possible. It, it really is. Possible. is. I mean, it would be – it just depends. I mean, I just – Oregon State is so decimated on so many levels. It just – it could be ugly. I'm trying to think uh, – I'm pulling on my laptop right here real quick. I want to see, because I watched a lot of the USC-Arizona uh, game, the late Pac-12 game from last week, and it was kind of ugly, and then they came all the way back, and they tied it, and the USC pulled away. So he had, he what did he finish with? Seven, zero. He had 307 yards total by himself last weekend. He was responsible for three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I say over. I mean, uh, and realistically, I, I, I mean, him going over five fifty is probably crazy. Yeah, crazy talk, I mean, that's but, that's an obscene amount yeah. of yards. But still, I, I, I kind of say that tongue in cheek because again, I, I can't say anything is impossible against the Beavers. I know, I know. That's, that's, that's the sad part of where we're at right now. That is where we're at. All right, uh, let's get to some damn questions. Okay, I got some on Blitz here. Okay, let's start with the Blitz ones, and then we'll get to some of the ones on Twitter. There's a lot on Twitter. So, hey, thanks, guys, for um, for posting. Actually, there's a couple good ones on Twitter. Maybe I should start with a couple Twitter well, ones here. Thank you so much, everybody, for – I mean, the numbers are going up for us, so we appreciate that. Um, thanks, everybody, for contributing. I love the back and forth we get on Twitter. I hope 
our responses, uh, I'll go specifically me here. I hope my response doesn't read as if I think you're a moron in any way. Um, I'm just, I think the conversations are interesting and in, in the way we, we all kind of view the program is a very, it's different. And also I think we're all after the same thing. So uh, I think the back and forth has been fantastic. And we got some big news for the podcast to announce at the end of this. So let's get to the damn questions and then we'll get to the good news. Okay, so a B-Lifer82 on Blitz says, we've heard Baldwin since the first time the job opened, or the last time the job opened, and now recent Les Miles chatter. Which is the riskier hire, previous pack or Power 5 coach who is on the rebound or a coordinator looking for his first Power 5 job? Um, you know, I want to go Les Miles here, Angie. I'm going to go, though, what's the riskier hire? It's going to be with the unknown on a Power 5 level, and it's, it's Bo Baldwin. Uh, again, I like Bo Baldwin a lot for this gig. But if you're going to have to make me pick between risky, uh, I'm for sure going to take the guy who hasn't coached as a head coach on the Power 5 level. Les Miles won a national championship. Yeah, uh, he's, he's on an elite level there. Um, Noel Bosco says, Angie and Brandon, I'm looking forward to hearing the handicapping. Um, I have a broader topic, topic to cover regarding investment in football. Brandon keeps saying that he wants to see how committed OSU is to the football program, and he seems to tie it directly to money. I've thought about this over the last month as well in rethinking my position. If we are happy with a team that can compete weekly and end up with an average record of 8-4, and four, then how much do we really have to spend to get there? Mm. And he, he goes back to, you know, how much more investment does it take to be an 8-5 and five team? It seems like we had that with Riley. Not advocating his return. I'm just saying yeah. we've done it before with less. Can we do it again? Um, Angie, I, I would... I actually love it. Uh, great, great question, Noel. Um, I would like you to explain because I've I've actually taken that and I've I've run with it on the show and it's opened a lot of people's eyes up on uh, for 1080 the fan listeners that don't listen to the podcast. Kind of just explain that the the whole spending thing that that you provided here on the podcast that I've uh, ran with. Yeah, and I don't have the numbers pulled up right in front of me right now, but um, you know it's an interesting thing when you look at. The, the percentage of the entire athletic budget that is spent on football. And you look at the programs that are, you know, even where Scott Barnes came from at Pittsburgh, they were spending 30% of the entire athletic department budget on football. At Oregon State, it's roughly 20. So you're talking millions and millions of dollars difference. Mm -hmm. You know, that money is going to, you know, more Olympic sports. And so the argument is being made that, you know, that's taking money out of assistant salaries. It's taking money out of facilities. And, you know, the topic we've talked about time and time again on Beaver Blitz is the fact that, you know, Oregon State ranks last in the Pac-12 as far as percentage of money spent on football. So in order to compete, more of that money needs to be kind of funneled, redirected through uh, to football. And my stance on it is absolutely you do this. Even if you cut back some of the smaller sports to the bare minimum funding, it's going to tick them off. But you have to get football making because that is your one money maker for the entire for the entire department. Yeah. So that's you know from my side, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out with the with the president and the AD. Are they going to, you know, that is almost bigger picture bigger than anything else because we'll learn a lot here based on the hire and then what they do with that budget as to how serious and we hear ed ray talk about he wants to com compete for national championships and be the best but he hasn't shown that you know him and, and the ad's have not shown that yet so how serious are they are they content being a mid to lower tier pac-12 program 
or do they want to take it to that next level and compete at a higher level? And 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 it also should be pointed out, like spending money doesn't necessarily 100% correlate with them automatically just winning games. It's just showing not only your current coach, future coach, fan base, it just shows the commitment you have to the sport that we love so much. And not that we don't care about other sports, it's just you could be spending more. And Oregon yes. State is... Look, they're not they're not bringing in the most money in the conference. They're at the bottom of that category, but they're still also not spending percentage wise to what some. And they of these are not the bottom. Are. I believe they're ten as far as revenue. Okay, all right. Um, but you know, and like Noel brings up, you know, he's like, you look at then the financial struggles at Cal after they you know made their big investment. Washington State is going to have a similar situation. Um, you know, Pac-12 has an equal revenue split. Um, then you have the TV contracts. They're not as big as when the Pac-12 network was being pitched. Um, things could be getting smaller as, you know, like ESPN, for example, keeps cutting things. Um, it's, I mean, it's just a very interesting time right now in college athletics. Uh, the other thing I would say, too, this is where money does count, not only with trying to get the funds to finish your stadium and make the stadium look better, more up-to-date, et cetera. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with, the moves you make and how it's it dictated on the field is coaching. So let's say you go get, let's say they get Les Miles. Les Miles agrees to come to Oregon State for $3.5 million, right? Pretty hefty p- price tag for Oregon State, but with the Gary Anderson leaving $12.5 million, Scott Barnes goes all in. 3 and a half for for Les Miles per year. What are you going to be allowed to go pay the top assistant? What is your salary or what is your range for Les Miles going, hey, this OC is the guy that's going to do it for me. I know what I feel it. We have to pay him. What is the most you can pay? Are you willing to go? Can you go Oregon? Do you go slightly below Oregon of a million dollars a year? Uh, it's just about that. I think that is ultimately what is going to change the fortune. Obviously, you want to hit on the right head coach, but you also want to be able to keep some of these assistants for more than a year. And yeah. it's going to be about salary. So that just, it, it all kind of ties in that way. With spending money, and by the way, um, eight and eight and four—that's great. If that's what it is most years, I'm happy as a freaking clam. Um, it's just about also having a couple years where you're competing for the Pac-12 and maybe being one of those sleeper teams in the in the nation, and then understanding that sometimes at Oregon State you may go through a, a six-win season, a five-win season, hell, maybe even a four-win season because of recruiting woes. Exactly, and then you rebuild that each. Exactly, yeah. Um, so Beave 27 first he says he loves the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, but he says, with so many big-time jobs appearing to be opening them up, up, does that hurt Oregon State's chances of making a, quote, splash higher? Uh, I think it, I mean, I think it absolutely does hurt you with some of the names being thrown out because if you're some if you're less miles, and I've, I've already mentioned this on the pod, but if Tennessee is out, A&M is out, aren't you interested in that more than you are Oregon State? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, but you know, it's there's lots of what ifs, and that's where the agents come into play, and that's why a lot of this is so quiet behind the scenes. There's yeah. a lot of it's a, it's a chess game right now going on. You, you know, guys know that they may be fired. They know jobs might be opening them up. Their agents are back there. You know, maybe working five teams at once mm-hmm. with their with their with their uh, clients. So it's an interesting time. Last blitz question. What in the blue hell OSU says, do you think there's a situation that OSU finds no coaching fit and Barnes continues with Hall leading the charge as interim coach in the next season? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. You cut out. Okay. Do you think 
that there's a situation that Oregon State finds no coaching fit and Barnes continues with Hall leading the charge as an interim coach into next season. I'll say nothing is impossible, but I don't... I, I don't see that I, either. I, I put that at like 2% chance. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. Okay, do you, have the, do you have tweet ones, or do you want me to pull... I have those two here. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got a tweet here. This is from Brad, uh, at Beavergrad. He says, is Luton going to return this year, or has he ruled himself out for the rest of the season? Um, last We talked to him last week. He has not ruled himself out. There's still a chance. I just don't know how strong that chance is. Okay. I mean, they, they don't want to take any chances with him. Uh, I like this question from at Big Will C15. Do you ever talk with some of the higher level boosters at OSU and who do they want as coach of the team next season? I have, um, and it, it's all over the board. And that's, that's where I think Scott Barnes has, has, is, can be kind of in a little pickle because there are some boosters that are very high on getting a you know, former beaver you know, a former player in the mix. There are some that love Bo Baldwin, and then there's some that are less miles. Get him. So um, there is not one candidate out there that says, you know, at big boosters, small boosters, fans are all, you know, completely sold on. Uh, this one from El Nomo on Twitter. Can you rank top five most likely landing spots for miles? Oh, goodness. I've seen, I mean, Nebraska... Uh, Florida has mentioned him, threw him out. Although I think they've, I've also read that they think he's too old. Mm-hmm. They, they want a younger coach. Well, they might um, be looking at Dan Mullen too. Who has exactly, a with exactly. Um, I mean, Oregon State has to be on that list right now. What else is open or potentially open? What would the number one? What do you think number one for less is? Just if there's a shot in the dark, but what would you think number one is? I think Nebraska has to be. If Nebraska fails getting um, Scott Frost, I do too. Just my my gut. And we had heard we had heard murmurs last year before Minnesota hired uh, uh, PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck that it was it was Les Miles because Les Miles had reportedly thrown out that he kind of wanted to get into the Big Ten. Look, I think I think it's important to note this is a this is a long con game, and what I mean by that is Les Miles could very well end up in Oregon State and have a lot of interest. I also know the way the coaching business rank, uh, works, and you know this too, Angie. These guys always are interested, right? They're, exactly. They no, and that's just it. it. They're they're tossing their names out there. They're floating their names to try to see, you know, just they're they're doing their, you know, they want a job. Les Miles wants to be coaching again, so he is kind of tossing his name out, kind of for a lot of these jobs. You want to be you want to be wanted. Exactly. It's it's a very ego driven thing. Uh, but don't kid yourself. All of these big-name people have that. Uh, let me see if I can find another one. Give me just a second. Uh, Sean on Twitter says, Coach Hall has been preaching inflict pain, and we had two players ejected for targeting last week. Are they trying too hard to impress Hall? Coincidence, bad officiating, our depleted secondary can't afford to lose anyone else. Oh, I, have, I, I blame officiating because I honestly cannot tell you what a true targeting call is because I thought it was crown of the head in the shoulders or head region. Brights was totally in the chest. It just looked like a hard tackle. I I don't know anymore what the Pac-12 is considering. Uh, okay, let's see this. Steve at New Beeve says, best option still Baldwin with Hall as DC in his opinion. Okay. Okay. So he wants Hall around. <clears throat> a lot of people want Hall still around. I get that. Uh, another one. 
Please say the answer to this question is hell no. But have you heard anything about Danny Langsdorf having a shot to be the next coach? That seems like a beaver thing to do. Longtime OC <laughs> under Riley McMinnville native, one-year NFL coaching stint. Ugh, I hope not. That's from TJ on Twitter. <laughs> it seems like a very beaver thing to do. I like that. Um, I have I, I have heard from a couple people that Danny is interested in the job. Oh, I bet. I guarantee I you mean, Danny wants the job. Yeah, I, I, I would give that a big hell no, but that's my own. You can't – you need – they need – to go, you know, if they're not going to go Corey Hall, which I don't think they are, they need a complete fresh, fresh blood. Uh, let's see another one. What, what, what is your call, Brandon? Uh, I, I mean, <clears throat> I think you have two things playing in with Danny Langsdorf. And I, I, by the way, I saying this, having interviewed Danny, knowing Danny very, very little, great guy, really nice yeah, yeah. person. I think if you hired Danny Langsdorf, you would have one of two responses. You would have outrage or you would have absolute dejection and uh-huh. just an apathetic crowd. Nobody yep. would be buzzing. No, there would be no buzz. Uh, let's see. This one from the Bench Podcast. What should the Bees be playing for at this point in the season, given all the controversy expectations from last year? Where are they at? It's a good question. Pride. For the love of all things football, they uh, need to play for pride. Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona's an opportunity for them this weekend, and then you have the Civil War Playing for at this point, I mean, pride's a good answer. Uh, I would also just say guys trying to earn, thinking maybe Coyall really can be the coach, and that's yeah, the guy they need time. to impress. Yeah, playing time for next season. Um, and, and I, I, I don't know how Arizona's going to go. I would put my money in that they give everything they possibly have to beat Oregon in Otson in Eugene, thinking this is it. Screw the way this season went. Uh, maybe at that point they had only won one game. Let's try to get our second one and have an upset. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see another one. Give me a second here. Uh, Angry Beef says, Hall purchased a house in Corvallis. What do you guys make of it? Do you think Barnes wants a head coach he can push around, i.e. inexperienced, so he can force the guy to hire Hall's D.C.? No. I, he might put in a, a word, a good word for Hall, but um, he's not going to force anyone on anything. Yeah, I, I whoever he hires, whether that's a big name or a name that's unproven, I don't think he is gonna be because that there's beholden that's a, to Corey Hall being on this staff. I don't that think that's a make the biggest way to really make enemies with your new head coach. Well, Those yeah. head coaches want to I mean to them they want total autonomy. They want to run their program the way they want to run it and they don't want ADs telling them what to do. So yeah. if your A D is immediately coming in and saying you're gonna hire this guy that's going to start things off on a really bad foot. Um, and to answer the first part of that, or the first question, I should say, I I can't speak on some of this housing stuff. I'm not in Corvallis. Um, I don't have a real estate friend in Corvallis. I never know who always, like, some of the guys I know who have houses. I don't know if, did Corey buy a house? Is that, like, known? I, I don't know. So if he I'm is, working on coaching search, I, I yeah, I'm not following the the real estate market. I, my guess would say if he did buy a house, just to go hypothetical here to answer your question, if he bought a house, I still I don't think that means anything. No, I mean that's maybe he wants real estate. Corvallis is an area where you can sell a house for a decent pre, uh, penny right now. Um, Scott wants to go away from this and says of the current commits, who looks like they could bring instant impact next season. I love Spencer Petrus, the quarterback. He's putting up monster numbers, um, looks good. It just, you know, that then goes to what the new coach, what kind of system he brings in. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, I like that as well, and that would leave people very uh, excited, even if he's a freshman and makes mistakes, just to see what he is. This one's from Aaron, Mr. Bojangles. Love that Twitter handle. Two-part question. Let's say Coach Hall doesn't get the head coaching job and leaves the program. With the way the players have bought into him, could that become a problem for the current players on team? Second part, if he doesn't get the head coaching job but does stay on the staff, could you see there being a buy-in problem for the new head coach because the players loved Hall so much? No, I don't think so. I mean, players, like I said, Corey Hall is comfortable right now. If he's on staff, I think that's good. I mean, I think that's solid for those guys, but um, you're going to have attrition regardless. Mm -hmm. When you have a new coach, I mean, you have attrition regardless, even if the head coach has been there 30 years. Um, So there will be some attrition. There'll be commits that look elsewhere. There will be players on the team that happens, um, whether Corey Hall's there or not. Um, but I expect whoever the head coach is that's brought in, he'll get them rah-rah and he'll, he'll get them all excited to play for him and it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we, we get too invested in the storylines. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, the whole players loving Corey Hall and the rah-rah, it's great, it's fun. I think ultimately these players are going to, meet the new head coach, whoever it is, they're going to be instantly buying in. And I, I, the Corey Hall stuff, I mean, whether he's on staff or not, I don't think that has any impact on what the players feel, do, etc. Exactly. I mean, change is hard. It's it's hard for adults. It's hard for kids. It's hard for, you know, absolutely college kids. So yes. um, these lessons they're learning now are they're tough, but they're, it happens in all of our lives, right? I mean, we have changes in jobs. We have changes with bosses. It just happens. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I get it. I get it. I mean, for, for media, it's, Corey Hall's easy. It's an easy, comfortable fit. We know where we stand. We know his expectations. You always get a new coach that might change things up or, you know, you have to kind of earn their trust all over again, but it doesn't mean it's disastrous either. All right, last one. This is from at Orange and Witty. Given the rumors of less miles, do you think a 64-year-old can uh, can win? I think he meant to say can win with no West Coast ties. Oh, wait, let me read this again. Do you think a 64-year-old can, with no West Coast ties, be a better recruiter for OSU versus Corey Hall? Um, I, and, it goes, and I hate sounding like a broken record. It goes back to who less miles hires. But we know he can recruit. And he'll be able to get into a lot of living rooms with his name and national championship ring alone. Imagine, I mean, imagine Les Miles and Corey Hall going into a living room. How about that? Yeah. How about that one? Go Beavers. How about that? Huh? How about that? Huh? Um, yeah. Great, great questions. Really yeah. good questions. Thank you guys so much for, for shooting those to us. Um, okay. So that's basically it for the pod, except I want to make a quick announcement. Um, Angie and I are pretty excited about this. We got connected with a couple folks that do other Pac-12 podcasts, and specifically they do Arizona. It's called Wildcat Radio. They're on Twitter, at Wildcat Radio AZ. And they reached out, and evidently they're starting a college football podcasting network, and they asked if we'd be interested. We said, you know what? That does sound interesting. They gave us some more details. We talked it over, and we've decided we are going to join it. So... Um, being a part of this college football podcast network, we're going to be teaming up and it's going to be kind of a big Pac-12 family. We have Wildcat Radio that I mentioned, Arizona, the Dog Pod, Washington Huskies, Utah Man Podcast, Utes, 
us and then shock the world podcast. That's a Houston Cougars one. Um, so that's obviously out of the pack 12. Those are the podcasts we have teamed up with um, that we're kind of in a little football podcasting network and uh, we're kind of part of that family now. And so I'm just excited to, to make that announcement because we were excited to be invited to such a cool thing. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, more people talking football is, is college football, the better. Absolutely. Um, any more details pop up about that, we'll pass it along. I just wanted to make that quick announcement. And I want to say this real quick. So bowl season's coming up. And a lot of people do bowl pools where you bet some money and you pick the games against the spread, maybe straight up, whatever. There is a bowl pool within this podcasting network. And they take their listeners and they do a pool. And they were curious if other listeners of our podcast were maybe interested in something like that. So if you are... Hit us up on Twitter at Brandon Sprague, at Angie Machado one BeaverBlitz.com, and uh, we will look into this a little more, get more details, and uh, figure stuff out. Sounds great. I mean, and I just, I, I just want to say thanks uh, to everyone for listening. It's fun. Brandon and I, I know we've been talking a lot more coaching search, but this is getting fun. I mean, you should, guys should my phone is going off the hook all day with little, this week especially, it's really heating up. So. Yeah. Next week, we'll have more. Um, Again, we don't expect any announcement to be made until after the 20th of November. But, um, goodness, we may have to do an emergency pod at some point. Oh, the emergency pod has happened before. It could happen again. Everybody stay tuned for everything. BeaverBlitz.com on top of it. Uh, Check out the radio show, 12 to 3, 1080, The Fan, Dirt and Sprague. And, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been fun. We'll continue to follow it. We'll continue to tweet about it. And we'll talk to you next week with another edition of the Dan Podcast.